All right, I'm just gonna uh, I'll break the uh, attendees. Uh, I'm in the uh, in the agenda, um, and if we get uh, uh, Chad or Stephanie or AJ, I'll uh, I'll circle back and recap some of this. Um, so we've we've uh, I guess uh, the news of the day, um, and we can uh, get into that. But uh, to me, um, Gatwick was. Uh, overshadowed by uh, our uh, Secretary of Defense resigning today. So I'm sort of dazed by that. It's a, to me, it's a, it's really bad. Um, it's getting rough over there in Washington. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. It's not good, not good for the country. And it's, uh, to me, there is a, um, uh, <clears throat> there are implications for us well, you know, when I see things like 238 million uh, posts made made by Russians to try to make us more divisive, uh, I I just think that as we are a uh, a national uh, nonprofit, that we want to uh, really do everything we can to be positive and to be inclusive. I mean, we put this into the uh, into the mission, uh, but. Boy, I just feel this, you know, day by day, you know, more and more strongly that this is important for us. And uh, I saw a lot of good comments about the Gatwick situation and constructive uh, comments like, you know, maybe there's something, you know, when we're formed that we could, you know, simply offer help. Uh, you guys, uh, between you two, had some great uh, technical ideas. So I think we're, I think we can help. Uh, in situations like this, and uh, I think it will, um, you know, not not just from, well, not not from a self-serving perspective, but truly uh, the essence of a nonprofit to help uh, the public would be is a good thing, and that's uh, you know. So if we can help in that, you know, it, it's a an aspect of FPVFC that I had not considered at all, which is. You know, we can help in a situation that's uh, uh, we have some you know, absurd uh, drone pilot doing something reckless. It'd be interesting to see, you know, once we kind of get our feet underneath us and, and whatnot, if we could create kind of like a critical response team or, or something like that, that could, you know, either advise or assist or, you know, something like that to help in situations like this. We're over the other voice channel. Oh, excellent. Yeah, no, and I'm on the road, so I'm gonna mute my mic and probably just listen a lot. But if you want my input, I'm around and I am listening. So we know where you are. <laughs> Welcome. Okay, so a. Uh... I like the thought, Josh. I just think, you know, in situations like that, we can be extremely helpful. And, you know, they're resorting to, to possibly using snipers and, and stuff like that. And that's just absolutely unnecessary. I mean, it, it, yeah, that, that's scary. Yeah, that Wait, definitely is. Yeah. What, what did I miss? 
So over in London at Gatwick Airport, um, there is over the last basically 24 hours, there's been um, drone sightings over the airport as as many as from what I'm reading, 50 different drone sightings. They've shut down the entire airport, 750 flights canceled both out of and into Gatwick. So people are basically stranded for the holidays and they can't track these drones down. Um, they're saying they're industrial grade drones. Um, they're not, they're, most people are saying they're not phantoms. They're not, you know, our type of, of aircraft, but they're flying for, you know, long periods of time and then they'll disappear and then they'll come back, you know, and they're just swapping out drones or swapping out batteries. And it's literally, you know, created a, a international incident over in London. And if you want to really be scared, watch the House of Lords discussing it and see what their reactions are. But interestingly enough, over the last week, I've been meeting with uh, the FBI, Homeland Security, and a few other three-letter agencies on potential drone detection systems. And uh, we, at least with the group that I'm talking to, there, there's a general idea that there's a way that can be detected instead of just trying to RF blast them out of the air and be able to detect the drone with a very, it's, it's kind of crazy. When I was talking about the concept, a lot of the people didn't even think about it, but just using simple auditory systems to detect where the drone is in flight. Um, they have these things called boomerangs. Um, soldiers will wear them and the boomerang will actually tell you where gunfire is coming from. Yeah, I've so, seen those. They've mounted those on Humvees for, like, snipers and stuff like that. Right. So the system that they're talking about right now is essentially that, but for drones. And the concept being is that you can use such a system to detect where the drones are at the airport and then detect where they're going and landing so you can intercept the operator and stop it at the source. And that's hopefully the new thing they'll start laughing onto because that's in my opinion the best way to go about it right now yeah um, that's that's a great idea flying silent like they're already dealing with drones flying silent they're dealing with a lot of interesting things crossing the border so they're definitely looking at ways to be able to detect and catch the operator because that's really the biggest thing these things are essentially now becoming persistent threats to a lot of these agencies and they're really trying hard to figure out a way to deal with them. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's really fucked up. I feel like that airport incident will probably be one of those nails in the coffin for a lot of agencies. Them realizing they have to deal with it. It's just a matter of how they're going to deal with the problem. This is a, uh, uh, a profanity-free zone. <laughs> I'm serious. Wait, wait, what did I say? Um, no, F word. Yes. Okay. Okay, good, uh, good, good thoughts. Good, uh, good discussion. Um, and so, uh, as we were uh, talking, uh, Zoe, this is a, a situation where we might uh, offer assistance in a, an emergency situation that involves drones. And this certainly uh, uh, was not in my mind before today, and uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, it, it's certainly central to our purpose as a a nonprofit, which is you know explicitly to help the public. So that's fantastic. 
And uh, uh, I like uh, Josh's notion of, you know, we could potentially set up a critical response team. Uh, there's also the notion that you know, PR is, uh, uh, is also important that would help, uh, hopeful, hopefully help mitigate uh, some of the uh, sensational journalism that always will pop up uh, after an incident like this. Okay, good, good thoughts. Any other, any other thoughts or, you know, in response to uh, a drone or drones flying over Gatwick? I think the the one thing is, you know, Dan and I had some good ideas that you'd mentioned earlier. We need to figure out some way to explore something like that because that's something we could go to the FAA with and say, hey, you know, instead of, you know, requiring new technology, why don't we use the existing technology to, um basically allow law enforcement to, you know, kind of like Zoe's working on the boomerang, but with us, it would be more, it would be simpler, just a, you know, a ID broadcast that says, Hey, I'm a, I'm a drone or I'm a model aircraft. Here I am. And be able to track it easier. Yeah. Zoe, if I, if I caught the, uh, the essence of what uh, Dan and Josh were talking about uh, earlier today, it's on, it's on um, one of the general posts the idea of embedding uh, uh, identification in the the VTX transmission, in as much as uh, uh, there are uh, there is metadata that's going along with the signal uh, that that we could. Yeah, no, that that data should actually be your ham operator uh, code, and that should already be something that's done, but not done. Um, every every pilot should basically, if they're operating above FCC or their local limits have and should have a ham operating license like that should be something that is in everyone's fpv feed which automatically is identification mm -hmm. um I, the biggest thing though is like we're gonna have a, ch a lot of pushback <laughs> oh, um, if we end up trying to say hey pilots try to add a transmitter to your drone right. um because that's but, yeah, not this what is I, I completely agree, and I think that the amount of pushback on this topic is going to be significant, and uh, I, I think it's also um, absolutely uh, one of the three central tenets that the FAA has been on uh, ever since this past July when they uh, uh, presented to the uh, Aviation Subcommittee in the House. So, and I also agree, Zoe, with what you were saying. The thought that I had uh, was that in the specs for NTSC and PAL, you can add closed captioning information, so a little bit of text. And in there, we could put our license ID, you could put in your FAA registration ID, you could put in your pilot ID, you could put in all kinds of cool text information and then use that in all sorts of different interesting ways, whether it's displayed on your OSD or somewhere else. Just that's just cool. an interesting I mean, thought I, I had. I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm just personally against identification of my hobby drones, even if it adds zero weight. Um, I mean, we have people flying in gliders and ultralights that don't have to add identification to full-scale aircraft. I'm flying a little tiny whoop. Um, adding that kind of, just like self-imposing it on ourselves and then self-imposing it on pilots that are going to be operating under the CBO. It's going to be a yeah, tough my sell. recommendation is that it would be totally optional as it could be useful in other 
other ways, but it would be a total, uh, totally optional sort of thing if the hardware had it built in. I think, I think on the, on the flip side though, if you think about it this way, Zoe, is that if we self-regulate to a lesser, I mean, the, the proposal that, that I, I had thought of and that Dan kind of thought of as well and, and kind of go hand in hand, um, is a lot lesser than adding a tra transponder on, you know, and we, we, we all know the FAA is looking for identification of some kind. I mean, it's in the, it's in the regulations, but if we do it to a lesser degree, is that going to be more acceptable than, you know, what's on the table already? And we also know anyone who's trying to do anything illegal or nefarious is not going to do either of these things. So it really doesn't, wouldn't stop anything. Well, that, well, that's what I'm saying is that I guess the biggest thing is we're having an issue where pilots don't even want to comply with the AMA. So we we kind of have to, and this is, again, one of the other issues I have is that initially we're talking about adding things like, hey, you can fly without a spotter. Having things where we have less requirements on the pilots that fly under us, but not adding more to it. Because even though it's a great idea, it's something I believe should be talked about and promoted as the right alternative like if you're going to id these drones this is the solution that the fpc or FP, fpv sc recommends i think that's great but we have to be really careful because there's going to be a lot of pilots when they even hear us talking about identification they're going to instantly just start thinking that we're pro the faa slash we want you to identify our drones and we risk potentially turning away the pilots that we want flying under us. We we are pro FAA. That that's a pretty important central point. And I mean, this is a really good discussion and and really critical. And to me, you know, if we look at the um, you know the EAA as a an organization that has worked with the FAA as opposed to trying to combat the FAA as AMA has. Uh, you know, I think we're we stand a better chance of uh, continuing to preserve you know our privilege of flying in non-designated areas. That privilege right now, though, from my understanding, is essentially built into the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. Um, even like they cannot dictate to us where they want us to fly; they can just dictate the airspace, which. I mean, we're not going to be flying up in restricted airspace. There's only going to be certain areas that are actually going to be restricted, and those are already restricted to other aircraft. So, I mean, it's. I guess the biggest thing is, yes, we should be pro FAA, but we have to realize that the majority of pilots feel a bit taken back by the way the FAA is implementing the new rules. I mean, we should be pro-pilot first. FAA is who we work with to make it better for the pilots. I mean, there, there's a certain, you know, give and take. Yeah, and the one of the biggest issues with the AMA this last time around was the FAA was essentially pushing through the Reauthorization Act underhandedly in a lot of ways. And the AMA at the time politically lost their shit. Like, they weren't ready for what happened. So they had no way of, we had no way of putting our foot in the door to do anything before the Reauthorization Act went through. So now we're just basically playing 
um, catch up slash backboard. Like the FAA in a lot of ways has won in the pilot's minds. And now we're structuring ourselves under the FAA, potentially now talking about, you know, transmitters and transponders and adding more regulations that, ugh. We're not adding more regulations, Zoe. The The regulations are there. It just has to be dis basically discussed. And I think the point I'm trying to make is, is we need to be able to work with the FAA and mitigate some of those to a lower level to gain back freedoms that could potentially be taken away with stuff like transponders. And that's just an example. But... You know, if we can mitigate it to a lower level to keep it pro-pilot, I think it it behooves us to attempt that because it's either that or we're going to end up with, you know, whatever their, you know, scenario is going to be. And if we can mitigate that to a lower level, I think it'll be better for everybody. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I you know. That's a really pragmatic point of view. Um, I, I think you're right, too. Then I guess the question then becomes is how do we explain that to the pilot how do we tell the average person that just wants to fly their drone that that is the current situation and that that's the best course of action that's a good point because the immediate reaction is going to be negative to that right so that's what i guess what i'm saying because like i understand the need for it you understand the need we all understand the need for it it's that knee-jerk reaction from the pilot like we've got to be able to frame it in a way that they're going to want to be supportive of versus them just need jerk reaction like okay so this organization is pro IDing which to them be like fuck that like sorry f that frack that uh, sorry that one <laughs> I think uh, I, I think I, 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 I think inclusive thing so <laughs> The English language is a is a beautiful language and has so many words. And you're you're a yeah. super you're a super bright person. So I think you don't I, you don't have to rely on the crutch of profanity. Yeah, that's the thing is I guess I never really see the F word as profanity, but like a, a just a general word you can put into place that has different meanings depending on context. Mm -hmm. It's a very versatile word. It's probably the most versatile word in the English language, and that's. <laughs> Please. I think I think honestly, you know, if if I came to you and you were anti ID and I said, look, if if your transmitter has a, a required um your transmitter and your VTX has a required signal built into its, you know, its data stream, its data cycle that transmits that, hey, you're a drone, it doesn't transmit your location, it just says, Hey, I'm a drone or I'm a model aircraft. Um, and, and by doing so, wins you the trust of the public, law enforcement, and the people that are around you to, to it, it gains some trust back from the public after incidents like this. And I think that, you know, that right there, being able to fly without having to look over your shoulder all the time, I think is a, is a win, a win-win scenario, you know, so. That really is because I mean, if you sell it that way, if we sell it that way as proposal, as it's not something requiring a members, but something we're proposing to the FAA as the best possible solution to that requirement, and explain that to them in very simple, like literally three paragraphs. If it's longer than three paragraphs, it's going to go over their head. And 
if we can do that, I think people will support it. And I think that's something that needs to be done because you're right. If we have that identification, you can say, yeah, I'm identified. If in the future when cops have systems built to identify the systems, you won't have to potentially deal with the issues that come up from being an unidentified aircraft. So I totally see the need for it. I, I understand where the FAA is going with it, but the biggest issue for us, us is dealing with that knee-jerk reaction from the community and trying to soften the blow as much as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, yeah. Good, good, really good discussion. Thank, thank you, everyone. And uh, thanks for no one getting defensive. I really appreciate that as well. Uh, we all know it's a safe zone. <laughs> but, but I can't say my favorite word. <laughs> that's that's correct. Okay. Um, uh, if I may, it, it, uh, further discussion on that, or I'd, uh, I'm proposing to move on to the next topic and the agenda, uh, which is far less interesting and uh, it is really mundane, but it's uh, where we're trying to go. Uh, other discussion on this? You bet. Okay. Um, how effective is this going to be for, it's going to have to apply to manned aviation too, and we have quite a few aircraft out there with no electrical systems whatsoever. They're hand-propped, magneto-driven for ignition, and um, they don't have the capability of transmitting their position, and they're perfectly legal to fly through a large uh, swath of airspace here in the United States. Um, I flew from Detroit to uh, New Orleans at low altitude, and I think I had maybe two conversations with air traffic control over that two-day period. The uh, Most of us flying with our quads are going to be in areas that are, we're going to be out of uh, signal line of sight from any sort of receiver. So UTM would only work for us, um, unmanned traffic management, uh, remote ID, if you will would only work with an airborne receiver or if we were flying in a high traffic environment. I think, I mean, as far as remote ID and and the transponders that has has been talked about in the in the past, um, I think the, the, the proposal that Dan and I are, are coming up with is basically your VTX would transmit a, a identification signal um, basically, it doesn't. It's not unique to your your aircraft. It's it's every every um, system that had that receiver plugged into it would transmit the same um, identification. Basically, just saying this is a model aircraft, and it's not up to other. Um, it's not for. I guess in my mind, it wouldn't be for other airplanes to identify it, it would be more so that law enforcement in case of an incident could use a specialized piece of equipment that's designed to read that signal and locate that signal. So both your transmitter and your handheld controller would broadcast it and your VTX on your drone would broadcast it. And basically they could find the drone, they could find the operator and they could shut down the operator safely without having to use you know, these snipers or net guns or signal jammers or any of this other anti-drone technology, you know, it would, to go back to Zoe's case, it would be more like that boomerang, being able to locate both the, the drone and the operator 
um, within a, a, a very you know short time span and go to that operator and shut down the operation. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfectly sense. And for me, I would be in favor of that for my equipment. But the bad guys, uh, like I think Dan mentioned it, um, are not going to use that. They'll find some way around it. Well, too. and and the the thought I had was, you know, this would have to be put into the authorization, making it a a legal reg regulation, um, and then you have to go to the manufacturers. And this is the the difficult part in saying, in order to sell these transmitters in the United States, it has to have this firmware on it, and if anything is tampered with on that specific piece of firmware, it bricks the receiver, making it ineligible for operation. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Matter of fact, I think the manufacturers are gonna end up with this kind of requirement anyway with the new regulations uh, once we get everything in place. And this, this is the biggest thing too, and the thing that I've realized over the last week, the remote ID and the requirements for the drones is not necessarily to say, oh, hey, you're a drone, you're good. It's to root out who are the bad operators because there's a lot of drones entering into the airspace and a lot of these airports that are adding systems to detect them are actually picking them up. And the idea is to be able to identify them and to be able to verify like, okay, that is a known operator who's flying legally, who has their information on the drone. It's a drone that we shouldn't have to worry about. So the ones that are picked up on a non-verified, they can actually investigate properly and figure out what the frack. I, ho I hope the fracking is okay. Okay, and and that's also a a good aspect. If I'm a good guy out there flying in the farm field or whatever, and the law enforcement's looking for one of the bad guys, at least they won't come rolling up on me. They'll be targeting the unknown that they did identify. AJ dropped out. Uh, can can everyone else uh, hear, or is it? Am I the only one who's? No, I I think he dropped out. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just about to say this to you, just to you know be funny, but this is not a funny meeting. This is serious. Yeah. And you're being recorded. It's fine. <laughs> serious, serious. Yeah. Because so this is so this is being um um. Uh, this this is being posted up on uh, on YouTube, so, you know, and we'll have uh, minutes. What you know, um, in the you know, I'm I'm taking notes. There's an agenda, um, and so. Um, and Noah's always aware of the the meetings. As uh, she she posted one of these on her last live chat. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no, I I'm more than aware of them. Okay. No, <laughs> I was trying to promote the fact that they're there. Right. No. I yeah. Promote uh, just the, just the notion of uh, it, it's a positive thing to uh, uh, you know, to be thoughtful about what we're saying. as all. Don't need to be. I'm I'm not trying to beat it to death. So. Um, That's the thing. I can be thoughtful about what I'm saying without having to self police what I'm saying because I care. I'm not trying to. Like, uh -huh. I guess. Yeah. Correct what I'm saying to say the right thing because I care about the thing then actually fighting for and I don't really feel like I need to filter so <laughs> you get what you get okay all right good 
good thoughts. I don't want to uh, 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 okay for the group to move on if uh, AJ is able to. Oh, he's. I think he's. I see him now, but I don't see that he's uh, been able to get back in on the. He's doing a headset change. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can move on. We can discuss this after the meeting if we still want to kind of right. hammer some some ideas out. Okay. All right. Um, so five hundred one C three process. Um, as I was uh, describing before we started up, um, I've gotten agreed to changes on the articles of incorporation and the bylaws. The latest versions of both are in uh, the folder where you found uh, the agenda or the link in our uh, in our core general or uh, our core discussion channel on uh, Discord. Um, I've been reading uh, a lot, continue to read a lot about the 1023 easy instructions, which is the IRS submission for 503C. Uh, and um, uh, filled it out. Uh, only, I only had a couple open questions. I've sent those off to our uh, attorney, Andrew White, and uh, I will uh, push through those. The glancing down to the schedule, the next steps are uh, we need an employer ID number. The attorneys will take care of that. We need uh, the articles of incorporation submitted to the Secretary of State of Virginia. The attorney, her attorney will do that. Once we have the uh, employer identification number and a date of incorporation in the state of Virginia, then we can submit the uh, 1023 easy to the IRS. Um, I will. I also need to follow up uh, with Chad for an email address of all the uh, board of directors because that's uh, one of the things that needs to be filled out in the uh, 1023 easy. Questions on, on that? I think I'm. I think we're getting closer. End of January is my uh, my target to um, have us in, uh, uh, approved as a 50 uh, 501. C three. Ah, I think that sounds great. I think uh, I think that's sooner than I was expecting for sure. I was expecting a month months long process once we submitted. So yeah, there is an interesting aspect of the uh, submitting the easy versus the full ten twenty three. It um, shortens the process, halves the submission cost, and if we determine sometime in the first three years that oops. You know, we're larger than we anticipated, then we can simply uh, submit the full form, uh, update our authorization, and, and it's, there's no problem. There's no issue. Uh, and, and if it uh, uh, happens that it's after the three years, then it's uh, all, still not a problem. So uh, this was like, yeah, so we want to do this quicker and there's no penalty, done. So that's the course we're on. All right. Uh, launch. I think we, uh, uh, I, I just tuned some of these thoughts uh, from the last uh, from last week's call. Uh, the launch that we have as the FPVFC launch, understanding that uh, Zoe is driving and, and, you know, I'm hoping she's not looking at uh, a, any computer monitor, is that uh, at launch, uh, we want to be able to have the uh, the website that we've gone through a number of times with a resource list. Um, we want to need to ensure that the member signup is functioning, ensure the volunteer signup is functioning. We want to have uh, uh, merchandising. We're going to utilize Teespring. 
uh, as our e-commerce e platform. Uh, we'll put out a press release. Uh, that's easy. And we will create an internal 30, 60, 90 day action plan that says, this is what we want to get done in 30 days, 60, 90 days subsequent to the uh, January, end of January launch. Uh, some of the things that we're, uh, uh, that we're talking about now are uh, contacting uh, the FAA with uh, a request to be a community-based organization. Uh, in addition, uh, we want to, to pursue identifying multiple contacts in the FAA um, and also working through the various steps of integration uh, that are in the FAA's five-year plan, uh, as well as the uh, activities that are discussed in the um, 2018 uh, Reauthorization Act for the FAA. Thoughts or reactions on any of that? No, I think that's it's all perfect. I'll start working on putting a 30, 60, 90 day plan together um, and as well as the points of collaboration that we can kind of start hitting. Get awesome. go. Awesome. Um, Thank you. And uh, um, I did read a post earlier today that um, the DAC is accepting new members and I don't I think I recall you saying that we submitted Chad's name for that. Yes, good good memory. And interestingly, we got a, a memo from uh, the fellow whose uh, name is in that uh, posting, Chris Ham, and said, "Hey, if you want to submit uh, your you know, a name, you know, you know, please do so." And I'm like, uh, "Didn't we do that?" But okay, it was really gracious of him to uh, uh, to alert us. So we'll uh, I will reread the. Uh, um, what the requirements are, and we will probably resubmit uh, the same, and maybe there, you know, we'll comply with whatever the uh, additional information is needed, and we'll get Chad's uh, name in there again. So yeah, awesome. that's yep. So I should, yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, not sure that's required here, but yeah, that's that's on my own uh, to do list uh, for tomorrow. In fact. Um, Status of actions and ideas from last week, we talked about uh, the notion of an elevator pitch. That is, uh, if someone were to ask one of us, so what does this uh, FPVFC do? We should be able to answer that question in 30 seconds uh, and uh, with a coherent answer. And the idea is that we want it to be consistent from any of us who may be uh, answering that question to influencers or press or FAA, or anyone we're interested in uh, collaborating with, and so this is uh, this is just you know, basic uh, uh, you know, driving a consistent message 101. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Through here, new thought on the value. Um, Zoe, we also had a thought. Uh, last week that one of the other aspects of the FPVFC that may be of value to the community is to be a, uh, a th an objective third party for standards. And so if it's something as simple as a standard uh, connector between uh, a flight controller or uh, a VTX, or if it's um, 
uh, working with companies like uh, Betaflight to uh, request that they keep constant standard their system programming interface so that uh, companies uh, like Helios, BringRC can continue to uh, create innovative and proprietary technology that has uh, exits and entries into uh, hardware and firmware. And so um, I think there was a, uh, an agreement that, yeah, you know, the, the fact that you know, we should have uh, some lo good level of objectivity in comparison to one manufacturer or another um, should help us. Uh, and we'll also on the board, we'll have uh, multiple uh, vendors uh, represented. So uh, in my experience, that helps uh, keep everyone honest or, or more honest uh, because we're, you know, we'll all be watching each other and, and that's beneficial to customers and public. But that, that's a huge undertaking. Like that's an undertaking to an organization all its own. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I do. We can I, do I, it. I, I do. I, I mean, having been uh, you know, at the center of a couple uh, multi-company consortiums and standards uh, bodies, you know, mm -hmm. I fully, I fully appreciate you know the difficulty and the, the complexity of it. So I guess the big thing is, do we have a champion right now to like champion slash push that? Um, not yet. Not yet. I I, uh, I think it's a um, one. This is this is the important aspect of the 30, 60, 90 day action plan from a perspective of you know it's highly bureaucratic. But what I'm focusing on right now is get us approved as a, a 501c3. And, and yeah, it has you know virtually nothing to do with going outside and flying uh, drones, but it has everything to do with trying to get us uh, recognized as a community-based organization. So in the in the 30, 60, 90 day, it's like, okay, there's our priorities of things that you know we want to, you know, we we will do, and here's the priority of them. So you know, practicality comes uh, comes to play. Uh, uh, well that, I guess that's what I'm worried about is the practicality of it. Because I mean this is my outside point of view, being more of a person that's been looking in the last few weeks. Um, I, I honestly feel like our division of effort and time and energy is going to become extremely divided if we don't have a champion and people to follow the champion to kind of push that cause. Um, because if you pair that with the wiki project, pair that with the CBO project, pair that now with the uh, transponder, you know, project, and the fact that we're not even a solidified group yet, at least legally. Um, I'm just curious if we're, I guess I get a concern more than curious if we're pushing slash, you know, kind of running ourselves a bit thin as far as resources and the ability to accomplish these goals. Um, yeah, that's my concern. What, I, what I'm trying to make sure we're doing is brainstorming uh, good ideas, and and so the I, I do want you know I do uh, recognize uh, that we've we, you know, we are a uh, a volunteer uh, group, and you know most of the people on the phone, uh, not me, uh, have day jobs, 
uh, and you know can only dedicate you know, a finite amount of time to this effort. Um, so I, uh, I take your point. Um, yet I, I do think it's really important to to try to um, dream a little bit. It, it's it's really okay to, you know, to to think. Well, how could this help? You know, how could an organization like this uh, you know, if not this month, if not next month, next year, you know, if we can gain critical mass, you know, what would be a way to make this more effective to the community? And I guess that's all. Well, I think it's I think it's definitely needed. Like first and foremost, we need a standards organization, an organization that's trying to push standards. The real thing I see for that, I guess, is we need to find someone that can be more of a dedicated, a very ob objectionable person, someone that's not sponsored by or has a relationship with these an companies. An objectionable person? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, well, kind of, because like, I mean, I know most of the no, no. people you, within the You mean, some yeah, you mean a, an object, an objective person, and I was teasing and, and twisting <laughs> the word. Yeah, an objective person, someone that doesn't have, an unbiased person, someone that doesn't uh -huh. have, like, I'm with Helios, with several, I've worked with several groups, and even though I don't have signed contracts, slash there's no cash moving between hands, there's still a bias, and I feel like in order to get manufacturers on board with the idea, we have to have a champion for it that's going to be able to be unbiased and give an objective, um, view and idea and basically a goal for how the be approached and implemented um, because I'm sure manufacturers are going to want to fight for what they think is best but that's just going to be what probably works for them slash they can push their own standard um, and I think it's, it, if we can find that person if we have that person in the volunteer list um, that would be the right person for that job, or at least to volunteer to head that and champion the cause. It's definitely a cause that's needed to be championed, and it's one that I believe the FPVFC should champion. Um, and it's, it's it's kind of desperately needed because without standards, we have all these different companies creating things that don't work with each other, and now we have the experience for the newbie getting into it being absolutely horrible. Uh, so. Right. Yeah. You know, without without standards, we don't see market uh, scaling as uh, as quickly as we could. And in addition to frustration and uh, fragmented and uh, disparate components that uh, don't work together. A absolutely. You know, I, 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 I don't know how catty some of these groups can be and how just trying to get, for example, Immersion RC and Team Black Sheep to work together. I mean, if we do that, <laughs> I guess that would be my first goal. If we could bring in literally counters, Immersion RC and TBS under the same flag, then there's a possibility we could really push that and we could really help the industry out with standards. Mm -hmm. But that's the trick. We would have to have the unbiased, objectionable, objective person. <laughs> mm -hmm. That can be objectionable and objective too these other companies actually kind of be a peacekeeper of sorts versus just a, uh, I don't know, trying to make the connections because I feel like that's what's really needed. We don't have, 
we haven't had the round table of manufacturers that get together and agree on what the heck they're going to be working on that year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we don't have that desperately needed. So I, I agree it's needed. I'm just very curious how we can move forward and find the volunteer resources to properly push that. Yep, I agree. And assuming none of us here right now has the time to be that big champion to get this going, hopefully we can use this idea to attract a, a person or a couple of people to join yeah, us and really true. jump behind this. Maybe somebody out yeah. there really thinks, yeah, I would love to work on that. We can get them in here. That, that's my hope. That's my hope. Because I know I would love to champion it, but I don't feel like I'm the right champion for that cause. Um, I know the right person is going to be out there. There's going to be a person, an engineer, that's just sitting around completely upset that there's no standards and be like, you know what? I know how to help. And that person's definitely out there. It's just a matter of being able to get that person on board with this idea and be able to make that connection. Um, so I, it might behoove us maybe to put out a little ad, you know, we're looking for you and have like the positions that we need desperately as like three things that being one of them um, and then send that out to the volunteers that we already have on the list, seeing if any of those people meet that match and then even promote that on the internet a little bit to see if we can find that person. Um, and that does two things. One allows us to find the person, but two, it also signals the community. So I, either way, I think it's a good thing. Good. Good. Okay. Um, on to the, the next, uh, step was, um, uh, marketing and, um, uh, so under that, we had uh, the FAA relationship, which we mentioned uh, a little earlier. Um, uh, we also have a an FPVFC Facebook group. Uh, Stephanie and Josh have been uh, active there. As we um, uh, as we progress, uh, um, to me, uh, it's important that uh, uh, those of us in the core team are uh, visible. Uh, there and uh, you know, not making it a life's work, or uh, that we we don't we should not be beholden to signing on, uh, but we should be uh, each of us should try to be active, uh, and you know, again consistent messages. Um, let's see, Stephanie's been working on the uh, merchandising. Scrolling down, um, we don't anticipate. Uh, a lot of activity this week or next in as much as the the artists. Uh, uh, Stephanie asked them to submit artwork uh, as of uh, this past Monday. I've not heard from her on that, so I, I have hunched that due to the holidays, uh, that's probably going to slide a week. I think we're okay. that's okay. Uh, we're able to make the end of January with uh, enough merchandise that is uh, simply uh, logo merchandise so that we'll have something. Um, we also have a backup plan. Um, Stephanie and I, uh, we have an idea that I can kind of came up with, and I think we discussed it earlier with the, we, we're calling them the stickies, um, and we're going to get that uh, kind of squared away as kind of a backup um, in case we don't have any additional artwork submitted. So um, I'm going to be working on that. Her and I awesome. are going to be working on that. So we'll have a little bit of a backup artwork plan. So awesome. Thank you. Um, 
Zoe, if you have not seen Josh's style guide, it's uh, it's a best practices. I'm sorry, say again. We actually ha we have a style guide that makes me so happy. Yeah, this I created one. Good. It's yeah, and it's uh, having uh, having uh, worked with style guides um, for decades. This is a best practice piece of work. So you know, this right thank on. you. Yeah, thank oh, you, thanks. Josh. Yeah, seriously, thank you. I, I love the fact we have a style guide that's going to make everything pop. Our message and brand will carry much further because of it. Um, so right on. Thank you so much for that work. No problem. OK, and under the website, uh, I still owe Dan a, uh, a little, some more colorful words around how Chad got into uh, the hobby uh, and thank Thank you, Dan, for updating my bio and uh, pick. Um, we had, uh, uh, let's see. I'm not sure if Dan is on. I don't see it. It looks like we might have lost his yeah, signal. I'm still here. Excellent, excellent. Uh, the, word, the wonders of uh, uh, Discord. Who knows what that what is? Um, you said you were you had mentioned Dan that you're going to try to uh, edit uh, the FPVFC logo with the wiki. Um, I made a the logo, put some words on it, and yeah. Oh, and we just lost Zoe as far as I can see. I think right you're when right. I was gonna, yep. there she's oh, and then she's back. <laughs> but right when I was about to ask Zoe if uh, when or remind her that uh, we sent her some logos for the drone wiki that she could work on when she has a chance. Yeah, that I should have a chance. I'm going to be well taking a week off from life and work, which will probably mean me working on this. And then uh, from then on, for the next month or so, I should be pretty much stationary in 29 Palms, just chilling slash working on projects. So I should have more time to dedicate to this going forward, thankfully. <laughs> Great. We're, we're happy that you're employed, and we're all hopeful that uh, physically it, it's a better situation. So um, on the FAQs, I dropped a link in the core group. Um, that is done. If you guys want to just click on that real quick and give it a, a, a quick once over. I did break them up into sections with quick links to the sections in there. So that is done and ready to go. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, I will look at that. Good, good. All right. You want to take a look at that now, Josh? Or uh, yeah, we sure thing. can. If you just click that link I dropped in the core group Ooh, general. Look at that. Um, so it's broken up into FPV regulations. Where can I fly? Registration and education requirements. Community-based organizations. General questions and law enforcement of the public. You click on any one of those, it drops you down to that section. Um, so I love this. This is this is yeah. This is really data chunked. So I mean, it's like, yep, got. Thank you. This is yeah. This this is really well organized. So good to go. Nice, nice. Okay, now let's see if I can get back to my. There it is. Back to my agenda. Um. Google Suite is up and running. Okay, I think I'm gaining uh, a mild appreciation of what what the various um, uh, groups folders are. It appear it looks like it's a collaborative uh, pushing of emails as well as a 
Uh, it allows us to set up links. So uh, it looks like we should be using the suite in conjunction with Google Drive. Uh, Josh, is that your take on how this thing works? So I can you know, I can say, oh, yeah. look, you know, we're working on this, and uh, I can send out, and it'll send out an alert, and then I can, you know, oh, look at that, and it'll have a link out to a Google Drive document that uh, we can then collaborate on. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So I think that's the between that and Flow, because you can pop links into Flow as well. So I think they can all kind of work in conjunction without being interconnected, I guess. But um, I yeah. think you know, a good chunk of it's going to be like the volunteer, being able to focus the volunteers onto specific tasks. And um, and then flow would be more for us and what we're working on kind of thing, if that's how you're kind of thinking too. It is, yep. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to figure out uh, how can I give you guys access to a specific project in a flow account that I have? Have, have you plumbed flow enough to uh, to figure that out? Honestly, I haven't, but um, I've got uh, I've got a new I'm switching to a new position at work, which will allow me to um, kind of dig in a little deeper here. So I'll be working earlier, getting off earlier, um, and a consistent Good. schedule instead of my random chaos that I've got nice. going on now. So nice. When does that start? Uh, as soon as soon as somebody else vacates the position. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, my friend. It's brutal having your uh, schedule ratchet around. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Okay. Well, um, let's see. Da -da -da. So, are are you guys purchasing right now? You're purchasing your own license, your own accounts, right? Five or ten bucks a month, whatever it is. Yeah, it's five bucks a month for yeah. Flow. Um, okay. I know Stephanie and I are on it. I don't know if yep. Dan or now. anybody else have kind of jumped in on that, but. Okay. Uh, and yep. my object, my objective is to uh, get us reimbursed for uh, productivity tools. All right. Uh, okay. I think that's that. I have gotten. That's all I had on the agenda. Other. Wow, you're other... really good at having these things last almost exactly an hour. Yeah. Even with the unpredictable beginning of this one. Yeah, it's like uh, you know. So, so I was uh, I sold structural analysis software for two years and. Uh, I would always come up behind the guys who were selling Katia, you know, the surface modeling, this incredibly, you know, sexy stuff. And you know, then there was the, you know, then there was me. Oh yeah, we left five five minutes for Messina to talk about structural analysis. So yeah, watching the clock and working it has been uh, uh, an important uh, attribute. Okay, other um, other comments, questions. We should talk about uh, next time we're together. We are definitely not getting together next uh, Wednesday. We're going to take uh, Christmas off. Excellent. And so that means that next time we're together should be. OK, that would make it 2-2, yes, January 2nd. Yep, and, and I will. Uh, I'll continue to use uh, Discord to uh, the core group to uh, provide updates, and if I have any questions, and um, as I've said, the uh, everything. Oh, I'm not sure if I did mention it, but I think yeah, I did put links on, out there. Um, I filled in all of the information for the 1020, uh, 1023 easy form 
put it into a document and, and posted that up on the FPVFC folder. So in case you wanted to see it, plus there's the uh, the form. And so this is simply in a uh, uh, in an effort to be completely transparent. And uh, you know, I welcome any uh, any comments or uh, or suggestions. Awesome. I'll take a look at it. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? I think okay. I'm good. All right. Then I would uh, simply uh, ask everyone to have a happy and healthy holiday and a happy new year and be safe. And uh, thank you again for all the amazing work that uh, you're all putting into this. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. For putting this together. Thank you, everybody, for the hard work. Sorry, I've been very MIA lately. Um, I appreciate everything you're all are doing. Like, Hearing the work that's been going on in the background makes me really proud to be associated with such a group of people that truly believe and have their That's really, really, really cool. So thank you all for doing what Thank have you, an Zoe. amazing holiday. And, thank you. Uh, that's nicely said. Thank you very much. Well said, and thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. You too. To you too. Take care. Merry Signing Christmas off. and good night. Signing off. Take care. Good night.